Hello, Dragon Tamers, and welcome back to another episode of Enter the Dragonair's Den. As always, I am Taco Dog, joined by the legendary professor, Jet Force Gemini. <laughs> the combination is actually now my favorite. Okay, I'm glad it is. I spent all week working on that one for you. <laughs> I'm actually surprised there hasn't been like a canon legendary professor yet. I mean, like, you feel like it's Oak because he's just the original that we know, but they all seem to know each other as soon as they add another professor to the list, so. That is true. And, but, you know, maybe in the new Scarlet and Violet anime that's going to come out, spoiler alert, without Ash, the the professor might be, like, the original champion, and then they have, like, the first champion that was a student, and they kind of work its way down to kind of incorporate the 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 video game a little bit more but I, or it could be completely wrong and they just have like Greta be the original champion that is very forgetful <laughs> there's there's precedent they do have that kind of back and forth banter between Agatha and Professor Oak right from when they were both younger trainers and apparently he was right up there with the rest of them and then went to go do his dumb science stuff <laughs> Dumb science stuff indeed, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's, I'm just channeling Agatha. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's okay. And so kind of, yeah, the pres- like you said, the president is there, but I think they may do something like that. But uh, all bantering aside, if you're new around here, we are a Self Arena Factions PvP podcast. No, I can't shorten that name any bit lower that deals with the lower tiers of Sylpharina factions from open tier all the way up to bronze tier. So if you're new, welcome. Glad glad you can join us for the ride. Hope you stay a while. I won't scare them yet. And everyone else, welcome back. (laughs) So in the Niantic and Sylph news part, before we kind of dive into everything, we have seen that the Electric Cup is not as fun as I thought it was going to be. And electric is my favorite type to use. I, I want to know how fun you thought it was going to be and why. <laughs> I thought it was going to be fun because everyone was going to get creative with their lines, with the advent of the mud slappers, kind of not being too central, but still having like a little bit of workarounds. And then Niantic banned the mud slap users. And now everybody is running D-Gen, Alolan, Geodude, Graveler, Golem, or a combination of that. And or Galvantula, Lantern, Hisuian Electrode. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's kind of amazing to me that they've run these single type cups more than once. <laughs> like, <laughs> flying at least exists in a space where there were other typings that kind of made them interesting on paper right like you have the water flyings and dragon flyings and whatever but that that meta got hard dominated by skarm arrow right and yeah then they did fighting cup twice for some reason but i i guess they just threw it in there as a alternative because otherwise it was what three straight rotations of open great league if you wanted 
Yeah, that I guess they kind of wanted to spice things up a little bit. But what about they have the flat? No, the fly gun, the dragon cuff. Yes. Where only dragons are allowed. Uh, your your heart was speaking in that moment where <laughs> <laughs> ultimately you wanted it to be the flygon cup. What just cut out the middleman. Yeah. Just cut out all other dragons that can beat Flygon. <laughs> but that's that's a story for another day. So Electric Cup wasn't the most fun cup. The Sylph Arena, by the the time this episode goes live, we would be in our second second cup in the first wave of season five it's very hard for me to process that but i'm still learning there'll be more on that later in the show and then jet i do believe you were experiencing some issues logging into your account just randomly care to care to see if any if uh care to elaborate on that uh that development Oh, I so I'm I'm mostly curious because with this last update, I started having this seemingly random issue where I couldn't log in for thirty minutes or more at a time. Where I did all the normal things like restarting the game and going through airplane mode and like force stopping the app, and none of it works. <laughs> it's just like restarting my phone. It's like I think I've done my due diligence here. I'm pretty sure it's just the app being dumb or their servers being dumb, but you know, just putting it out there for anyone else having a hard time that (laughs) I already had one match get kind of postponed due to that and I hope it's not going to be more of a thing and that we get a new version somewhat soon so that I can just plan my, my battles in peace again. Right. Did you try, when you force stop the app, did you clear the cache as well? Yeah, I mean, I I did everything short of reinstalling just because I, I didn't want to do that if I didn't have to, and I'm not convinced that it would solve anything long term. That's fair. Well, that's, that's an unfortunate development. I hope that Niantic fixes their game eventually. I mean, they, they, they find fun new ways to break things. Like, I don't know, did we talk about how the raids had disappearing charge moves and Pokemon since the update also last time, or, or no? We did not, and I remember you said in our last team meeting, this is how I know Taco hasn't raided since the update, because I was complaining, like, why wasn't my second move charging, but my first move, my first charge move was... You're like, oh, that's that's been a thing, and I'm like, oh, okay, and and you know it's outside the realm of anything that they were actually trying to change because that's how they make their money in general is the raids, and as soon as you start messing with the raiders, that's when you actually get some legitimate blowback. Yeah, that's when you poke the hornet's nest. Yeah, and... don't don't mess with the tap tappers. And the other day I learned that some hornets have a photographic memory. So you do with that information what you will. Hor- yeah, hornets and crows are good at faces. As for me, I'm never going outside again. I thought I thought you were safe from bugs in winter. <laughs> yeah, I live in a house with heat. Bugs will find their way in. So you're not even safe in the house. Nope. That call is coming from inside. <laughs> oh no! Alrighty, so we have 
a lot to talk about this episode. This might be a little bit of a longer episode. You wanted to change it up a little bit, though, right? I believe so. So, this is the part where we were going to kind of talk a little bit about, or basically wrap up some of the some of the the re- the the tears but i have to i have to get this off my chest taco has something semi important to say and that is our newest our newest bouts our pairings have been released <laughs> and silfarina has unfortunately done us dirty again i know it's not their fault however their computer Wh- has whose officially fault would decided- it be then? <laughs> Look, I'm trying to play both sides of the aisle, okay? Okay. <laughs> the the Sylph Arena computer has decided that it hates Dragon, the, the Dean Air Don't Care faction, and put us up against the team that we thought was going to go up against the, 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 the Juggernauts that beat us last time out. And instead of everyone kind of fighting who they thought they were going to, the Barktown Boomers get to fight against the the team that's at the very bottom of the faction standings. And a lot of jokes were made at that at the expense of the team. I hope that they know that it was made in good fun. No, I hope they also know that none of us were too salty about it. But I do want to point out the sportsmanship from the Barktown Boomers in they the captain actually asked is this for real? Are we? Is this a real thing, or was it a glitch? And so, I like. I know that you know this. This subject gets brought up a number of times. I know the arena is tired of hearing it. I do just want to point out that there can be tweaks that can be made, and I, I have a little bit of some programming friends that we can possibly take a look to make sure that not er, er, people are getting a quote-unquote equal matchup because i i feel bad for for both the teams in the in the number one slot it just looks so lopsided on paper right and uh, i mean that that was the big thing was just the the sportsmanship from bark champ boomers was off the charts like they they were the ones showing up and being like i don't know about this guys (laughs) giving giving them an opportunity to really maybe readjust so it's it's not so lopsided but i mean i i hope they still have fun i hope that both teams still come away feeling like they were able to learn something from the bout and i i did kind of throw a challenge down to give electric city a five point handicap let's see if they actually take that but <laughs> I mean, from from what I gathered, they they felt like their lack of points was a problem last cycle. So I, I don't I don't think that'll be a thing. But yep. de- de- depending how lopsided the score ends up, and again, like we, th- this is Pokemon, so anything could happen. The it, it could just be fuel for that fire of we've we've tried doing nothing, but something that actually programs from the top down would would definitely be preferable to this yeah can you imagine if battle boys had lost to rose lark bow if we'd be seeing a different tune a little bit more but honestly who knows 
and and they did kind of I mean the Barktown Boomers they're they're a really good group of guys when we had kind of jumped when I had kind of jumped in and was kind of making a little joke about it I said guys it's not all the computer's fault my faction Dinar don't care has unfortunately played a lot of the top teams and won so the computer is just like well who can we fight up against next or who can they fight up against who next without completely destroying everything and of course that's when they kind of jumped on and said oh so this is your fault and i said well it wouldn't be that fault had you guys let us win in about five and then it kind of devolved into let's ban let's just banter each other's teams where it was one taco versus four of the four of the cat four of the players and it was a it was a very good banter all in all i had i had a lot of fun and a little too much fun where my own team had to tell me taco set the lineup first then go have fun yeah your 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 monday job is is (laughs) mondays are hard okay but you know with that being said i do wish both the teams the best of luck i hope that i'm honestly pulling for the upset on electric city (laughs) i really hope i really think they can do it okay they've had they've had a really good showing in in their battles they've kind of been flying under the radar the most points they've put up was 10 and so they can get over that hump they've shown it they can get close yeah they're that's that's knocking on the door at 10 so this would be the upset to pull and i mean no disrespect to the barktown boomers but they have an eight point lead over second place or a one win and an eight battles won over second place so even if they were to lose one game it's not going to hurt him in the long... It won't hurt him too much in the long run. I mean... <laughs> I, I don't know. That. I like. I know I wouldn't risk it. I know I know that I'm the the sort of competitor that it's always, it's always going to be serious business, so... Yeah, something tells me I might have formed the wrong team because I'm serious when I need to be. But, that's, okay... That's, my- that's not while playing Pokemon... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but that's kind of my my little rant to get everything to get some things off my chest. Once again, I wish no ill will towards anybody. This is all in good fun, and the the joke I like to put out there was this podcast was, and this was actually brought up too. And they said this podcast was started because the the writer who usually does our, our recaps would sometimes miss a couple of days so we tried it out we're trying it out for our own and here we are 16 episodes later so apparently people don't hate us yet <laughs> and then I, i'll probably just end this off by saying Barktown boomers i like you guys i really wish some of y'all if you guys are open to it we would love to have you on as guests and we hope that we can fight you more in the next cycle I mean, like if they if they win the tier, of course we want them on as guests. Well, if they won the tier, but they'll get double promo- if they'll get double promoted, or they might get double promoted, and I don't want them to get double promoted. I want to fight them in iron. I mean, that was that was kind of a, a special circumstance, wasn't it? It it was, but you know, with some rumblings of some teams disbanding, like it is every time. Like it is every at the end of every cycle, there's always a chance it could happen. That's the way the news goes. That's the news slash I guess drama part section of this. 
but okay. News so, slash breaking news? <laughs> breaking news. Yeah, this happened not even two hours ago. And so... Okay, and so now kind of looking in at the some matchups that stood out. We had Bark... We're going to talk about Barktown Boomers again anyway. They took it to the, the Grievard underdog, still solidifying that that matchup 15 to 6 and they're now 7 points away from hitting 100 wins over the over the entirety of this cycle which is a pretty impressive feat usually teams get to 100 wins around about 7 or about 8 so good job on them battle boys upset roslark bow and kind of they're now the only they're the only other one loss team in the cycle behind uh, or along with Dean Air Don't Care. Homeslice Hooligans got a one point victory over the Bastodons. Of course, our faction had a re- had a monster of a rebound of a rebound uh, a rebound bout against Masubi, eighteen to three. But I do want to point out that that score was a lot. The, the final score does not do it justice. It very easily could have been a 12 to a 9 or a 14 to 7 had some things kind of bounced or had the dice kind of fallen in uh, Misubi's corner. And then rounding off the last slot, Sub-Zero defeats the Notorious Noctowls 14 to 7. And so kind of looking at following Sub-Zero along a little bit, the, the, Ember, the Ember slots are pretty run-of-the-mill with the exception of Mudkipadaz had a a Minum set which I've seen a little bit I've seen more and more these last couple of weeks because there was a a player that came in there was a player that I was talking to that also plays in factions they're on another team they were saying that Minum can do everything that Electivire can do but not hurt itself with a, a self-debuffing move like Wild Charge. Yeah, it's, it's kind of in that nice spot of actually having a little bit of bulk while being able to handle both Polyratha and Charizard. Right. And I kind of I kind of want to I kind of want to run a Minum at some point. I just don't know when. But if, I think if, I have... If you have one built, that's that's fine. It's, it's just an expensive build and very niche. <laughs> Well, I like expensive things because I'm a material girl. <laughs> you, yeah, you've, you've proven time and again that your, your taste is just highbrow. <laughs> yes, it is. And <laughs> moving on to the, the Vanguard slot, we had uh, a pretty meta line in OG Player 1, but All Horizons brought a Regice, which I haven't really seen a lot of, because everyone either uses Celio or Walrin in that slot. No? Yeah, or or Lapras is pretty common. The Regice is also just in that camp of you, you had to be playing when or know someone who was, <laughs> because <laughs> they still don't want to give us legendaries in boxes. Um, seems Seems weird, but yeah, that that's a fun one and then especially with Gallade to keep the other fighters away it's a pretty nice combo I do also want to point out I do have a Minum built so 
I think there's a reason to use it now. But anyway. <laughs> so in the open slots, Sub-Zero, of course, won all of the open ones as well. Betsy and Calvin took a 2-1 over a pretty meta line, but Renton had a Mega Salamence and a Sylveon, which Mega Salamence is kind of that Pokemon that's still new. People are sort of trying to figure out. And then Sylveon in the Master League is a pretty... Um, is a pretty spicy pick, in my opinion, for a Master League slot, no? Yeah, I, I did see a few pop up this week, so I'm wondering if that's kind of a, a reactive pick because Zacian is otherwise kind of expensive to run just via the point system. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So if you if you wanted to run a combination like Mewtwo and Mega Salamence, your your options of a fairy cover are limited. And if I remember correctly, Florgis is is a two um, is a two point Pokemon. No, I feel like <clears throat> I feel like Florgis and Togekiss would at least be worth points. And I think Sylveon is not on that list. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that that kind of helps out a little bit for me. And then I guess we're going to kind of move through these a little quickly. We also have... Ooh, here's one. Uncle Uncle B. Stud brought a pretty... A pretty meta line for the ultra for the ultra league and like open ultra league in GBO, but it looks like it didn't do too well against Trainer Rims, Pidgeot, Tapofini, Lapras, Cobalion, Venusaur, and Drapion uh, team. And maybe something to mention is that it's it's very hard to gauge how close a two one is <laughs> because. <laughs> Like like we said before, someone has to win that third game. So this is this is also where that playback function would be nice, just to see if they racked their two wins and then lost a third, or how it played out exactly. Because I, I think that makes a difference in telling the story of who maybe had the the picks advantage. Yeah, kind of looking at just kind of looking at this a little bit on paper. Trainer Rams Tapofini looks like it put in a lot of work with the Umbreon, Talonflame, and Machamp. And then Pidgeot to kind of quell the Venusaur. The, sorry, the Pidgeot and Cobalion to, to kind of keep the Venusaur at bay a little bit. But I'm not seeing a really good answer to Ampharos on Trainer Rams' team. Yeah, so it was, it was really mostly the Venusaur and then Drapion, I think it's just that Pokemon in Ultra that has the potential to, to mix things up, and so maybe maybe it did its job. Maybe that's what we're seeing the results of. Because, yeah, the, the Ampharos turned out to be pretty good here. The the yeah. Cobalion, of course, is still hitting neutral, so I don't know. That. I can't say I know that matchup off the top of my head because that's a little bit of a weird one. Um, I'm probably going to say if Ampharos was running the standard Thunder Punch Brutal Swing, it was definitely spamming out moves. But if it did have, like, say, Focus Blast and Thunder Punch, it can definitely flip that matchup. Which I don't know if I would want to run Focus Blast. But, you know, it's an option. Well, and this is this is one of those where it's 
actually really nice that the Brutal Swing isn't restricted to an Elite TM because they has no reason to run Brutal Swing in this matchup. It's like, That's yeah, you could, you could hit the Venusaur neutrally that way, but you could also just opt for a different nuke coverage. Gotcha. Okay. That's a, that's a very interesting take as well. I, I see what you're trying to say on, on this one. Alrighty. And then the last one, Chem Mysterious versus LCG, LCG Jr. Chem Mysterious' team looks, looks very similar to one of the lines that they ran earlier in the, in the cycle with that Shadow Dragon Knight and Shadow, Shadow Kanto Ninetales going up against the yeah this is this is the last last couple weeks where you can just say shadow nine tails and it means kanto yeah i'm i'm very excited to see how well shadow alolan nine tails is gonna perform lookout charm oh my goodness it's gonna be another shadow charmer but i think you want to run powder snow on that one instead i i heard it both ways that both versions essentially get a straight buff oh just because it, it does exactly what you want out of a shadow which is it has either that strong fast move damage or just spammy charge moves and both versions do that that is a very interesting development if you'll excuse me i'm going to add that to the list of pokemon to try to get yeah that one that one and the galvantula it's going to be worth going out at least getting one that's worth building. Fair. And to uh, kind of round out the, the LCG's team a little bit, they had the they brought Metacham, Umbreon, and Pidgeot, which I think Pidgeot's discount Noctowl at this point. Then they also had Whiskash, Dugong, and Alolan Marowak. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like Alolan Marowak had a lot of play outside of Trevenant. Yeah, the the Vigo matchup is a little dicey just because Bulldoze can hit you pretty good, especially if you're not running a fire charge move, because the the yeah. bone clubs are are sad damage. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But I, I think this is just kind of that what one of the the modes that certain players like to do is they run multi debuffers and. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they just quite had the the matchups that they needed to make that work. And kind of looking at LCG, LCG's team, there's not really a Pokemon that can resist the Shadow Dragon breaths that Shadow Dragonite is pumping out. But there are quite a few tanky Pokemon, so that they can at least not get shut out entirely. And I mean, Dugong is obviously going to take out Dragonite pretty quickly. Right. The bigger issue is I they had <laughs> they had no super effective damage into Tapu Fini. Yeah, that's true. It was like they had so their one resist to that was the Dugong for the water guns, even so. But Tapu Fini can still hit you with a Moon Blast for neutral damage. And that debuff chance, it can hurt. Yeah, small small as it is now, it's it's still a debuff chance. Right. <laughs> so it's so it's looking like they probably had to rely on Dugong just even just to cover those first couple slots. Yeah, and it didn't look like it, it allowed for a lot of flexibility on the LC in the part of LC 
LCG's team. I'm just going to say Junior's team because <laughs> of JR. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, Dugong did, in general, have a pretty good look against this team. It was, it was really just the big Roth that it wouldn't be able to handle well. That is that is very true, honestly. On on top of the Feeny, that was that's kind of a wash just because of the bulk, but yeah. And I was gonna point something out, but then I was gonna then I instantly fact checked myself and said no, that's not worth bringing bringing up. I was trying to make a way to make Diggers be work, but it didn't look like it was gonna work too much on this one. Digger, yeah, Diggersby is one of those Pokemon that gets thrown in just because you you don't want to deal with the, the G-Fisk or Bastiodon or Reggie. Yep. I still need to build one now that I think about it. Uh, that's for another time. Or, or even, like, there's there's some of the ghosts as well that fall into that category. Like, in this case, Alolan Marowak. That's just one more thing that it can't deal with. True. But... Couldn't, well, I mean, you would probably have to put Hex on Alola and Marowak and then spam out Bone Clubs. But you would still get hurt from the Smackdowns, no? Who's throwing Smackdown? Bastodon? Oh. Yeah, no, that's that's not a good matchup. Okay, okay. I see, I see now. But all right, so that was the lightning round wrap-up of NA Open. <laughs> Before we move on into the seventh bout, I do want to point out a correction from last week. I think I remember saying that cycle three was going to be the end of the season. That was incorrect. There will be a fourth cycle according to the arena referees. And there was no don't quote me on it. So I'm going to 100% quote them on it. I guess there are so. other open tier shenanigan though that I, I kind of wish was clarified more publicly was that in the Battle Boys versus Roslark Bow, there was a Galarian Moltres in the Open Great League. Matched yeah. up against matched up against what looked like an Ember team. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I mean maybe maybe having a five Pokemon roster was just the handicap that they needed for this particular week, but it was <laughs> it was one of those things that stood out right away that I, I wish we got a little bit more info on. There it doesn't look like there were any uh, staff corrections or, or anything of that nature so they they figured it out on their own whatever that meant and one thing i want to point out is that it was it was a talking pikachu that pointed that out like they just said uh-oh and it was actually brought up in the in a clarifications uh question and the arena said that they just couldn't use it and the only thought that popped into my head was, well, why is it available to be picked? Question mark. Dot, dot, dot. I mean, it feels like it falls under the same area as the Genesect did for the whole last cycle, where you could pick your drive version, but they'd kind of done the small text somewhere that said you didn't have to. <laughs> it's like, yeah, our, our, our web guy is going to do it eventually. <laughs> yeah there's one thing I know about IT is unless you're on them they'll never get it done I learned that at work the hard way it might it might help to pay them in gummy worms or something you know I am paying my editor in gummy worms our new editor in gummy worms so I made that public 
It's in the nice. Discord. Okay, so I have not looked at iron at all, so I'm I'm prepared to be amazed. Okay, well before we do that, I do have to go over about Seven's previews. Okay. And so we already talked about it at length, so I'm just gonna kind of gloss over about Seven. Barktown Boomer is going up against Electric City. Good luck, Electric City. The Battle Boys have drawn Dinair Don't Care. And although it looks like we don't care on the outside, we are frothing at the mouth because we're fighting a team that we thought we were going to fight next next bout. Basudons is taking on Beginner to Winner Part 2. Grievert Underdogs gets Island Guardians. And a Battle of the Juggernauts, just in a lower... I guess in a lower section of the faction with Roslark Bow going up against Sub-Zero. Now that'll be a good match. There's Yeah, there's a lot of 4-2 and two teams this week, and it's, it's going to be really critical seeing who comes out ahead here. Do you have any favorites looking at the top five matchups in open tier for the time being? Uh, I didn't really talk about it much before, but... I, I want to see how Griever does still because to me they're the team that kind of shot up after a little bit of a fumble in the very first bout, mm-hmm. and I, I like I just want to see if they can if they can hang out in among the top teams. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that sentiment. Griever underdogs, if you're listening, it's time to it's time to battle with the best of them. Well, the best of what NA has to offer this cycle, but you know what I mean. And then, yeah, and then the Roslark Bow Sub-Zero, I'm, I'm going to be watching that one just because I'm, I'm sure those are going to be just great matches. It'll probably be an 11 to 10 in either faction's favor. There is, I don't see a clear winner on this one. My Edge wants to say that it's going to be Sub-Zero because they have the quote-unquote battle experience with the, the upper tier play. But Rosark Bow can, is definitely one of those teams where, if you sleep on them, they will they will definitely punish you. Well, <clears throat> and they've they've been consistent. The if if I've learned anything from from doing this podcast though, it's that whenever you have two teams that look like it's gonna be a really good just head to head, the the score often will slant one way or the other. In, in a way that's that's a little bit unexpected. And it, it holds less true as soon as we get up to around bronze tier, where the good matches kind of play out well. But here, <laughs> it feels like they, they, they lean. That's okay. I, I understand what you're trying to say. <laughs> it's like, in my heart, it should be balanced. But is it, though? I mean, as long as they don't tie, they should be fine. <laughs> Look, we had one tie already, so we're not we're not due for another tie soon, thankfully. But okay, so now we're gonna move on into Iron Tier, and so right off the bat, looking at these matches, we had Fearsome Frostlass and Bad Mewtwo's go to the literal last bout in a ten to eleven victory for Bad Mewtwo's. We had SoCal Swablu. I mean, that, that that is that is just uh, that blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, like. Hold, hold on. Fears like Frostlass is, is showing up for these for these matches and at least getting game wins that I did not expect after kind of their slower start. Yep, and they are still fourth from the bottom 
facing in danger of being relegated back into open. But ju they're just kind of. I'm not gonna say they're the faction if they they're the faction that like deserves to be an iron. I think that if they do get relegated, they're just missing one key one key piece. And honestly, I'm not sure what that's gonna be like. However, I'm all here for it. <laughs> I, I feel like they've they figured it out somewhere between about one and and about six because they they went from nineteen two like I where what happened to that team to the one that's taking bad Mewtwo's to a, to a one point bout. True, and there's no there is no shame in that. Also, I do want to point out that the amount of teams that got promoted from Open, there were definitely some of them that kind of had my eyebrows raised. Like, is that really a good idea? But, you know, most of the, most of the Open teams have shown to prove me wrong. And so I will eat my words and my thoughts on that one. <laughs> and I mean, you, you have to fill the, the tiers, like the round robin tiers. That's, that's just point of entry for factions right like they, they don't ready function if you don't have 10 teams <laughs> ready or not here comes your promotion yep and so kind of looking around the rest of the the bout we had winter vortex winning a 13 to 8 matchup against self league san antonio angry bottoms unfortunately lose a heartbreaker this week an 11 to 10 loss against pioneer valley pvp Fun fact, the Pioneer Valley PvP team and the Angry and Angry Bottoms last cycle tied for the same amount of points and the same amount of wins. And they both ended up getting promoted. And just like taking a quick look, this was <laughs> this was the exact opposite of what I expected. There were <laughs> four, five, three O's across the seven bouts. Or seven seven battles rather. I know what you're talking about, honestly. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, this I thought it would be two one two one two one as well, but like you said, five three O's against like that's that's incredible. My my heart really goes out for the for Angry Bottoms. That that team will always be the first team that we that we we helped compete in. And my my tablet closed on me for a sec. It's reloading. <laughs> the, the Angry Bottoms will always be the my first team that I was a part of and I wish nothing but the best for those guys and so I, I wish you guys the best of luck in this bout or in the rest of the bout and next bout and score wise though this is this is exactly what you want to see out of two teams that were tied last cycle right yeah I, I was honestly clamoring for a head to head against Pioneer Valley all last cycle but here the one of the teams did win out and fun fact pioneer valley has not changed a single a single lineup from from bout one they're still sticking with the play seven people not looking to shake it up nah well they're currently sitting at second place in the in the the standings right now so they're looking to chug along to be promoted who, who then, do they have still to face well, this Pioneer Valley is facing Stadium Elite Silver this week. So that'll that'll be a bit of a challenge. It, it, it very much will. <laughs> Just me... putting putting it lightly. <laughs> See, they fought San Antonio, Wu Tangela, Frostlass, Bustamine, Pioneer Valley, or duh, Angry Bottoms, Stadium Elite is who they're fighting this week. 
They still have to fight San Diego. That one will be interesting. I was going to say San Diego, bad Mewtwo's. So San Diego, bad Mewtwo's. It should be, should be two more teams. Seven, eight, no, three teams, because seven, eight, nine. Yeah, but seven is posted, so. Oh. You said okay. that one. That one was okay. the Stadium Elite. Uh, Winter Vortex and bad Mewtwo's are who they have left. So not the, not like middle of the tier players. These were definitely the teams that were at the highest level in open last year that unfortunately they didn't get to play because they just ran out of ran out of weeks and open tier was very stacked if i remember correctly i mean it's, it's basically iron tier this time so yeah and so kind of looking at stadium elite silver's bust of mine versus the bust of mine matchup <clears throat> stadium elite silver won both of the ember slots with the very metal lines Except Hippowdon, but we know Hippowdon's essentially running Ice Fang in this matchup because, you know, Gligar, Gliscor, and Insert Flyer here don't really like it. I'm seeing a Tentacruel in the Vanguard slot from Doofishy, which I haven't seen a lot of since the buff when it got Scald. Because it did get Scald, right? Yeah, Tentacruel got Scald. Okay. I was like, I could be wrong on that one, but it's okay. So we had a, a very metal line from both teams. Both of them. Have, I mean, having having played Vanguard this past week, I, I have a greater appreciation also just for the the team building, kind of the manipulating your slots, especially what ends up in your fifth and sixth is kind of standing out to me now. Where Doofishy opting for that Tentacruel in the third spot just puts him up to three water types which mm. up I against see. up against a Gorgeist I mean luckily they also have the, the Noctowl but and Walrein for that matter right but doesn't doesn't the Gorgeist outpace the Walrein like the Seed Bomb to, versus Icicle Spear or I don't know if it does with Hex because like I know the Trevenant does but uh, it doesn't get Shadow Claw on Gorgeist Okay, okay. I was I was mistaken on that one. We also had Frag and Wagon brought a Mega Blaziken. Uh, brought a double Fire Core in Mega Blaziken and Reshiram against Mark Mark Q One Mark Q W One against his Ho Oh Mega Salamence and Verizian in the Master League. It's a very spicy option, especially because it doesn't look like Double Kick Verizian had anywhere to go this bout. Up, up, update update on the the wall ring core guys the wall ring is is pretty convincing over it okay that's a good that's good to let thank for that one <laughs> i honestly didn't know i thought it was like oh grass type it'll hold its own did, did we talk about shadow omastar already wait wait there was a shadow omastar yeah in the other vanguard match oh my goodness i missed it thank you for pointing that out uh, that one was another one I was looking at using just because it's been on my on my list for a long time. <laughs> it's just like that that secret list I feel like most players have where they're just like, I want to use it. <laughs> well, if you ever, I was going to say, if you talk to your captain and let him put him in the va- and go back to the vanguard slot. But then I remembered, oh, wait, that's me. Yeah, that, uh, cap, that captain guy. 
Yeah. The captain for Dino don't care is he's a he's a joker, you know. But a jester, if you will. <laughs> it's okay. I I just make the memes and put people in the slots and and then you guys end up carrying the team and carrying the fact that I was the only one that didn't win my faction battle <laughs> against Masubi. I kind of I kind of like well I mean we'll 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 chat later but you were. You were you were one misplaced shield away from turning that one win into two. So I mean, perfect example of the one twos not being easy to tell who who had an advantage or not. That is one hundred percent true, honestly. So I'm getting better at Ember. The month is over for it, but I finally got a small handle on it. There, yeah, there's still three weeks of it. That yeah, <laughs> and so yeah. I was. <laughs> I was I was chatting to someone. I was kind of hope like I was I was giving voice to this idea that I wish that the Ember slots were just whatever the current Sylph vanilla Sylph meta cup was. Mm. So it just kind of updated each each month regardless of where the the cycle was. What if they called that field the Void? And that's exactly what it was tied to. <laughs> we have to we have to fill the void with your, your Introdu- month to month selection. Introducing the void field where <laughs> where the the field is the same for the current self cup meta and then it'll change midway through it. That's honestly not too bad of an idea. It's like the Arena- lazy Susan field. <laughs> Arena team, we have given you a cup idea. That's all I'm gonna say. We've given you a cup idea. If you choose to run with it, I want the cre- I, I just want the credit put into <laughs> just credit Dinner the the Enter the Dragoner's dead. We would appreciate it. You know, we're we're not on the your FSN page or anything. So just a little bit of some some recognition, I guess. <laughs> I mean the the people will know. Okay, that's fair. Where where did where did you jump to while I was distracted? I jumped to Ultra because I was I was done looking at Frag and Wagon a little bit, and to Jonathan Kelly versus Jacobotamus. Hey, I got that one first try. Heck Good yeah! Job. Thank you, Hooked on Phonics Monkey. I didn't actually go by Hooked on Phonics, but we do have a little one that's learning words right now, and. I may or may not have stolen the book to learn how to read again. I mean, it's all about the fundamentals. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so looking at his team, Verizion score on both teams. You do, but you have Verizion that's looking really nice against Obstagoon, Regirock, and Lantern, and really not nice into <laughs> Trevenant, Pidgeot, Gliscor. I know, but you, did, wait. Does Drakal can Drakalji learn Ice Beam? I didn't think so. I okay. think it can get Blizzard. Man, I'm looking up so many Pokemon today. <laughs> no, it's got no Ice coverage. Ah, uh, Hydro Pump. What? I mean, it's got Gunk Shot. That's not a nice move. It's, you're right, it's not an ice move, but it's a good coverage <laughs> move against the Trevenant. <laughs> I was looking for somebody that can do the Trevenant. Leave me alone. Yeah. 
So it, it's something. Or pair it up, or line the Trevenant up against with the Mandibuzz, so... I mean, the the whole team is, is neutral against Dragon, so even just Dragon Tail Outrage does fine. Fair, okay. So, unfortunately, Jonathan Kelly, on paper his team looks like it shouldn't have won any games, but it took a 3-0, which is a very interesting setup. I will say there are some pretty RPS setups here, so if, if you did get the rotation right, that can be a huge factor. That's fair. And so I kind of also enjoying that Registeel because you could hit, you can hit the Obstagoon, Pidgeot, Regirock for uh, pretty super effective damage if you can land the Focus Blast and or Zap Cannon. But you do also take equally super effective damage from Obstagoon with counter. And if Gliscor hits an earthquake on you, well, it was nice knowing you, Registeel. Also one of those setups where you start to get a little tempted by Flash Cannon. The, the old school moveset, Flash Cannon, Focus Blast. Oh, that's right. Registeel can learn Flash Cannon. Ever since it got nuked, or nuked, nerfed. I honestly forgot about it, but it's okay. And then rounding up the open league slot, rounding up the open league slot, we have Naruto Six brought a double dragon team with Komo and Altaria. You know about Komo? Look, I, I have PTSD from the, the Komo you brought in. I'm not <laughs> salty about it at all. Angry taco noises. Re. <laughs> I like the combo too with the Lola Ninetales as their own dragon cover. Yeah, Naruto really made a pretty good team. Honestly, I I don't have any, don't see any glaring holes on it. Mm, yeah, because you've got you got Dragon Tail for your Chrysalia Diggersby neutral matchup, Mantine neutral. You can also hit Dragonite for super effective. And you can also threaten it with... Komo can learn close combat, right? Yeah, that's that's preferred. Okay. So then, yeah, you can hit the Diggersby and Registeel with close combat and, and or bait with Dragon Claw. And if that fails, you can just throw Altaria in to just Dragon Breath down everything else once you get the Registeel out of the way. A lot of options for Naruto. All, all that said, though, Shunned has the much tankier team outside of the glass, Shadow Dragonite. glass paper that is Dragonite Shadow, and yeah. that that's always going to be a consideration, especially in Great League, where relative bulk can just win you the game, even if the type matchup wouldn't necessarily on its own. That's fair, and you know, kind of looking at this as well, I I can see how the the team from Naruto 6 would get at least two of the wins, but I have to also give credit to your your theory on Shun bringing in a bulkier team because of like, you essentially can save all of your shields for Dragonite and just let him go let him go nuts if you wanted to. Or even just looking at the fact Registeel is there, that 
more often than not can get you a shield advantage. That is true. That can then make that two shield Dragonite a reality. Obviously, it's it's not a freebie because they have a little nine tails on the other side, and even Altaria Dragon Breath can take you out <laughs> before you do too much if you're not careful. But right, and it's, and honestly, with in this particular matchup. You probably would have wanted Powder Snow over the the charm damage, in my opinion. For did did you have something a matchup in mind in particular that made you think that the Powder Snow was the way to go? Aside from the Dragonite matchup, let me get my tablet real quick in a better light. Aside from the the Dragonite matchup in Powder Snow, I think you would want it for Diggersby and for the Mantine because you can spam out those Weather Balls really well. And you really, I'm not going to say you really get walled by Registeel, because if you pair it up with like Como or Vigoroth, Registeel is not going to have the best of times. Como, yeah, I mean, Como still isn't doing much in the way of fast move pressure against the Registeel. You, you really have to land the close combat to do, to dent it. But I mean, it is, it is a, a real threat. Okay. I'm 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 wondering more about the the lantern in this particular matchup. I, I see a case for both spark and water gun to be used. I think in this particular case, spark would have probably been preferred because I'm not really seeing a clean answer to Mantine per se. Yeah, you're 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 basically forced by the presence of Mantine to to run the spark. But you know, if if Alola Ninetales brought brought Powder Snow, you had a you also had an answer to Mantine. Just throwing that out there. I'm really trying to make Powder Snow Alola Ninetales work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, that one is. I don't know how much it improves to do the Powder Snow versus the Charm. Okay, well, that's a bummer. <laughs> so, if you're on, was it your Stadium Elite Silver or was it Bust of Mine? I already closed it. Shoot. <laughs> uh, if Naruto, if you're listening out there, if you want to give us a, an answer of what you ran on that Alola Nine Tails, doesn't have to be right this second. You can wait till after the bout, or after the cycle, excuse me, so that people don't learn your strats. Just get, shoot us a comment. We'd be we'd be really appreciative of it. And so, looking at the the previews for bout seven, we have Angry Bottoms going up against. Northeast Battlers Winter Vortex, almost said Nebraska there. Wu Tangela Clan and Self League San Antonio get paired up. Stadium Elite Silver, I believe, get a rematch against Pioneer Valley PvP. I could be wrong on that. I'm 90% sure I'm wrong on that. We also have Fearsome Frostlast going against SoCal Swablu. And then Bad Mewtwo's is going to look to continue their winning streak against Busta Mime. So, second verse, same as the first. Jet, any interesting matchups standing out here? Whether it's their their first or second time, it looks like it's probably their first matchup. Stadium Elite Silver versus Pioneer Valley. I mean, we would talk about it anyway, but I, I think that's going to be a good one. The, <laughs> the the team that's really kind of roped me in now is, is Fearsome Frostlass because they haven't been winning most of their bouts but they they've made so many so close where it's just it feels like anything can happen <laughs> yeah that just, is 
if it feels like it's about that time that they convert and i mean i'm not gonna openly root against my my san diego guys but i'm another one that i'm gonna be watching closely for sure well they can still stave off relegation but they have to win out which is the not so fun part because they have one win and there's three bouts left so they gotta win this bout the next bout and the bout after that that would give them 12 points which would leapfrog them over northeast battlers winter vortex assuming they don't win anymore and then busta mime has to lose out that's their their only shot into staying into iron team <laughs> their, their their win condition is reliant on other teams they need some help honestly the only team that right now has punched their ticket actually no i can't I can't even say that with 100% certainty. The the team that would need a lot of help would be the Angry Bottoms. But, you know, this might be the time when they turn it around and they get their first win with an upset, and they go from there. And maybe you know, that, that helps them with a little bit of the pressure off in that regard, where this, this last bout was the time that they needed to kind of go on a hot streak and... I mean, they definitely made it close, but from from here on out, it's kind of uh, you you get to take the pressure off just because that that's just how the cycle's gone. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely do or die time. Well, alrighty then. So let's now jump into copper tier. I almost said bronze for a second. There, outside of this particular circumstance, they're very similar words. Yeah, it was actually so. Actually, when I I first learned that bronze is made by combining copper and tin, and I was I learned that by playing a very old video game called RuneScape. It was called RuneScape at the time, and now it's old school RuneScape. I will probably talk about old school RuneScape a lot more on this podcast. It is very fun to play. I recommend you play it. If you like Pokemon Go, you'll like old school RuneScape in the sense that they are both very grindy. Alrighty. RuneScape appreciation post over. Back to Copper Tier. <laughs> I-, I was like, you need no excuse to talk about RuneScape. I-, I know that that's like just kind of a trigger word for you. Yes. And even if I'm even if I'll be reading something random and I'll see it and I'll go, oh, RuneScape. I've been playing a lot. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm, I, I do like how it's your your default activity on Discord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you'll see it. Taco Dog is currently playing RuneLight. Taco Dog is... has been playing RuneLight for 13 days. Hey, I don't have a problem. The game logs, or the, the game logs you out after six hours of continuous playing. And sometimes when I'm logged out, I'm like, okay, it's bedtime. Apparently Discord doesn't know that. Yeah. So there. But anyway. (laughs) Play RuneScape. Copper tier. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. All right. So copper tier, going from the the top down, we had Sharks and Wreck putting on another, or having another close game against the Mighty Thunder Ducks. Field Team 6 is able to hold off a last second rally from Ghost Pepper Dunspice 
Testudo skills and NMPVP go down to the very last bout with an 11 to 10 uh, 11 to 10 game in favor of Testudo skills. The Tappan Turtle Squad gets to build on their momentum, making it three. Yeah, making it three in a row against the Swell Sprouts, and then Mazer Gaming Academy unfortunately takes another loss against the Rock Paper Slark team. This uh, this means Rock Paper Slark is still the only undefeated team in Copper. But Sharks and Wreck are right on their tail, and the Tap and Turtle Squad, continuing that win streak, has the has third place is uh, holding on to third place by five victories against Field Team Six. Unfortunately, NMPVP is two games behind double relegation. Wait, is that even a thing? No, I don't think that's a thing. I think it's single relegation. With Swell Sprout, Swell Sprouts, Ghost Pepper, Dunspice, and Mazer Gaming all facing relegation, if the bout, if the bout or cycle ended today. Man, NM PVP has had so many, so close matches this this cycle. <laughs> yeah. How many times have they gotten ten points? Honestly, too many to count, man. It's it's, it feels bad, like. Two heartbreak. tens and two nines. Okay, so yeah, that's what I was remembering. I was like, I know that they've had a bunch that have just been super close. They are so close. Like, I'm, I want this team to succeed. They, they deserve it. It is, it is nice to see Kilos got the three zero this week. Yeah, we're gonna celebrate that. How okay. Did I, how did Irod do? Did he play? He played. Irod did play. He took a one. He unfortunately lost to. Pogo fan 16 and wouldn't you know it they ran the exact same team <laughs> everyone loves a mirror match right no I hate mirror matches it's like oh yeah we were gonna look at it anyway because they're against the uh, the squirrel squad yep so they both ran the same team there's not much to really say but they both ran Charizard, Gligar, Polyrath, Pilotswine, Hisuian, Quilfish, and Trevenant. Yay. That's that's your Ember team in a nutshell, honestly. In the other Ember slot... Ooh, here's, here's a little bit of spice. We've got Surfetch, Galvantula, and that's it. And another Hippowdon. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Hippowdon. That wasn't... Now that's it. Yeah. For realsies. <laughs> In the Vanguard slots, Tap and Turtle Squad ri- swept everything. I'm s- with an Amolga? Cool. That must be another one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, against the the full the full shadow line. Is that something they've done every every I week? I think it is. I think we've talked about the the full shadow line when Soul Sprouts played. La- yep, they've they've ran full shadows. The entire bout for most of their factions bouts just full stop. They really like shadows. They yeah, they only played Primeval twice and I think they must have been Yeah banned from using Shadows in <clears throat> Primeval as based on the fact that there were none. I think Yeah, no, Shadow No, Shadows were allowed in Prime No wait, that was Alchemy. Yeah, I don't think shadows were allowed in Primeval. 
one of those is all baby Pokemon, so that's, that's <laughs> sort of a weird thing. Anyway. I mean, yeah, you could use the Bonsley and the the Bonsley and the Munchlax, and they were actually pretty decent in that in that field, if I remember correctly. Probably don't, but it's okay. It's it's probably made for some really interesting games. <laughs> let's, let's put it that way. <laughs> Especially when you see them as your opponent, you know you're getting a full team of shadows. So how do you how do you prepare and? Emolga is the answer, I guess. 100% correct on that one. <laughs> That's at least my headcanon on that. And then in the master slot, we have Jigglydad with Mega Venusaur, of all things. It's pretty good. Going up against David Hawk, who brings an, the, the altered form Garatina. The tanky boy. The tankiest of boys does a really good job at holding taking at least one game off Jiggly Dad. Pants Pasta sweeps takes the sweep in the Ultra League slot with a Blastoise. That's a pretty spicy pick, all things considered. Cause you hit you hit the Charizard, Galiscor, and Galarian Stunfist for super effective damage. Well, and you've got full bulk in Ultra also, so Blastoise gets up to has to get like really like close to level 40 for for ultra league no yeah it can go over the i think it's the hundo that goes pretty much right to the edge of 2500 without any xl and then mm. you can you can bulk it up from there similar to how azure used to do oh neat yeah like honestly i did not know that and i was gonna have my i was gonna pull a pokemon go to double check that but yeah, this is. I feel like this is just a case of you get the lantern out of the way, and, and Blastoise can just kind of ruin everything else. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what ended up happening this time. Well, I'll be darned. Yeah, my ninety, my ninety-six percenter for Blastoise at level forty goes up to twenty-four forty-seven, and then forty half one. 41 and a half gets me up to 24.94. Today I learned. I am now going to power up a Blastoise of 50. It's going to happen. I mean, most people do it for the Mega. You're just you're just doing it for fun. I'm doing it for both, but yes, we're going to go for fun. <laughs> I'm just sad that my Blastoise loses his sunglasses when when he Mega evolves. I mean, his his sunglasses just move to his heart, right? He's cool in his heart, and that's all that matters, guys. But yeah, you're, you're he right. knows that he's better than you, and that's all that matters. <laughs> so, in the open Great League slot, Cryptomorphism unfortunately was unable to pull off a victory against JD Cruz, but they were at least able to get one victory out of the three. It looks like actually it's hard to pinpoint what was the winner for this team. We have Obama Snow, Swampert, Scrafty, Galvantula, Charizard, and Defense Deoxys. Going up against a Trevenant, Alolan Ninetales, Lantern, Toxicroak, Snorlax, and Shadow Dragonite. Mm. Alolan Ninetales looking pretty good again. I think in this, I think in this instance, you want to run Charm, no? Talk, talk me through it. Why, why does it want Charm? Okay, okay, I'll, I'll, see, I'll do my best. So with Charm, you're able to hit 
you're able to hit Scrafty for super effective damage. You can hit the de the defense Deoxys for super effective damage. And you wait, can wait, 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 wait. Did I get that wrong? How, how wait, are no. you hitting the Deoxys for super effective? Because Fairy is super effective against Psychic, no? No. Dang it. <laughs> but but now I'm understanding better why why Charm was looking good. So uh, yeah, and yeah, that's what I was thinking at first. So yeah, the the main advantage of the charm would definitely be the double super effective into Scrafty, but even with the Powder Snow, you you wall it pretty well, and with Powder Snow, you're you're doing neutral to everything. Okay, okay. See, eventually I will learn my type matchups, just <laughs> not today. <laughs> but I mean, these are these are why I like to ask you these questions because we can find where the little the little knots are tied in your in your chart. Where, yeah, where's the duct tape? Where's this place <laughs> held by duct tape? And so yeah, so I was thinking Charm Tales would have been the good one, but now now I was thinking about now you kind of point that out. Powder Snow would be neutral into Obama Snow, neutral into Swamper, neutral into Galvantula, neutral into Charizard. But I mean, yeah, like you said, you still wall the Scrafty, which honestly would put a little bit of a of a of a dent into. Crypto's team because of the it wall it's walls the trevenant it can if you let it get too many power punches it will destroy that snorlax its foul plays can be deadly against the dragonite so it looks like maybe the scrafty had was the reason why the why JD was able to pivot so well against against crypto no it could have been the thing i'm appreciating just about the team build and general is how spammy jd's team is that's fair honestly and there and it's not for complete lack of fast move pressure either the the swamper is kind of excluded from that but it's it's a it's it's definitely an offense geared team so aside from the one that literally has defense in its name <laughs> i mean it could still hit really hard with psycho boost for stab and i think you'd probably and want psycho boost rock slide is, is looking pretty good this time yeah i was gonna say i think you would want rock slide over thunderbolt to kind of hit the alola ninetales a little harder too oh and of course the shadow dragonite yeah it's, it's nice when you're not playing the three move roulette for once whether it's azure or defense deoxys yeah that's quite true and honestly most I know most Azu players, at least in the open, open Great League, are running Ice Beam specifically for the Flyers. But if they're not running Ice Beam, I think to myself, oh, they have a Bastiodon or Galarian Stunfisk in the back. So it's going to have Rock Slide or Smackdown. So that's why you have Hydro Pump and Play Rough on. Yeah, or they're weak to those things, and so they need the Hydro Pump nuke to actually hit them. True. But overall, I'd say this looks like it would have been the most fun of the matchups just based on picks yeah i would have loved to be in the i guess the the person watching the battles in in the coaching box yeah i would give probably the worst advice so i'd be like i'm just here to watch guys i'm just here to watch <laughs> i i'm here to make you feel seen we see you at, well i guess yeah we see you and then we talk about it and then y'all hear us that's how this podcast works i guess did we do we have other standouts from from copper this time? Just any 
Mm, any any picks that stood out while you were perusing? I did not see any, sadly. But I also I also spent like maybe three seconds looking around. <laughs> in the Mazer in the Mazer slot, Phoenix Crystal brought a Relicamp, and Gracie Z brought a Snowy Cast form which I'm 100% jealous of because I want to catch one, but every time they spawn, it's negative 27 degrees outside, and I don't want to get bundled up in pajamas and go outside. Yeah, some, sometimes I have the thought of, oh, man, my, my snowy cast worm is so bad, but then <laughs> I remember the reality of people who have better access, and I'm like, eh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the worst. Eh, I guess this is fine. But yeah, so yeah, the Relicanth we were talking about a little bit last time out, and the fact that one made an appearance is a pretty, it's a pretty neat thing. Oh, they they also had another mirror match in the Ember field, which is fun. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna lie, I'm kind of done with Ember. <laughs> I just sometimes, don't. Sometimes I I wonder, especially in Ember, if the players do that on purpose or if that's just part of how small the condensed meta is that they that, that's just the team that they use and they both happen to use it well i know that last time or when the when the cycle had first started i was very much like well you know ember is just kind of like this interesting thing where you have to outplay the opponent and do some mind games and think outside the box and now i'm just kind of like all right I'm burnt out with Ember. Please stop making me try to think outside the box. It's very hard to continue this. Yeah, no, the the box is small, and you should you should know how to navigate it by now. <laughs> I'm still lost in the box, okay? Quillfish, go burr. <laughs> which quillfish and which burr? Only only ones allowed. So, well, I meant like, do you run Ice Beam? Do you run Shadow Ball? Do you run Aqua Tail? Oh, of course you run Aqua Tail. Do you run Poison Jab or do you run Poison Sting? I must know. <laughs> well, good news, we're talking about it a little bit. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Alrighty. So, before we get too far into that mess, what's happening next week for so, Copper? So, in bout seven, we have Sharks and Wreck having a rematch against Field Team 6. The Mighty Thunder Ducks are going to try to rebound against a team that honestly will probably get their first victory this week in NMPVP. Yeah, I'm picking M- NMPVP to win against the Mighty Thunder Ducks. <laughs> Called out. Swellsprouts and Ghost Pepper Dunspice are fighting. Uh, are going to fight. I think one of them is trying to get out of... Actually, they're both just fighting over who's going to be closer to the bottom, it looks like. Because they're both second to last and third to last, respectively. Mazer Gaming and Testudo Skills are also going to be fighting for the fighting to stay out of the relegation slot. And the Tap and Turtle Squad and Rock Paper Slark are going up against each other. Battle of the 1 and 3. Tap and Turtle Squad is looking to try to make a play for a three-way tie for first, while Rock Paper Slark is still looking to continue their dominance in NA Copper. That's all I got. It was it was a good wrap up. Yay. Alrighty, let's get into bronze tier. And so, oh that God. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this this match these matchups were definitely 
One team showed up, and the other team was like, oh, oh, we're playing now. Okay, let's do this. It's like I started at the top of the list. I was like, okay, 12-9. And then, and then after that, I really don't know what happened. We had three bouts end on a 16-5 final score, and then one 14-7. My goodness gracious. And the, two of them were the matches that we were that we had called out last week as. The it's going to be really close. The, the most promising, yeah. This, this, we're we're going back to my earlier comments about the sliding. Yeah, <laughs> that's called for yeah. Jet, we probably should have put that's called foreshadowing when you were talking about it. Do 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 do. Jets and the Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> anyway. So, we had Brave Nerds, actually, like, I can't even, I'm at a loss for words, I'm, pardon me for a second. Brave Nerds over Gong Rippers, 16 to 5. That is more of- The two top teams of the tier. Brave Nerds has honestly solidified, they now, they now hold a two, a two win victory over everyone else, and my goodness- also, so not only have they won two, <laughs> two more bouts than anyone else, they're also like a solid 20 game wins ahead. Yeah, and the way I'm kind of seeing it is if they win one more bout, just one, they could essentially lose by an average of five five or six, or actually an average of six points and still get double promoted. This team is crazy and now i, I mean, can see why we got destroyed by them in our practice bout i don't i don't think i don't think they're gonna lose no they they definitely uh, this, this won't. was this was kind of the the week but i mean when we talked to mj i guess c kingpin could choose this week to show up so it's, it's not it's not like they have cruising altitude or anything like that but just the dominance Right, but remember what I sh- MJ. I, sh- I, sh- I should also just let you go through the rest of the scores. <laughs> well, before I yeah, but before I do that, I do want. I'm gonna stop for a second. Like, I I just I'm in shock. Like, I I do want to point out that MJ also said with C Kingpin, it's one of the teams where you don't want to get your hopes up because that's when they let you down a little bit. And I, I promise, we're not putting words in his mouth. It's just kind of what I've read and gathered from his, his uh, what's the word I'm looking for? His articles and the interview that we were supposed to have, but I screwed up and corrupted the audio because I'm a big dum-dum. Ooh. I mean, technology. Yeah, but the, the, the stuff has been fixed, thankfully. Now, where was I? Oh, yes. The recaps. And Switchmasters takes a 14-7 over Spice's right. And speaking of Sea Kingpin, they lose a 16-5 game against Fletch Cinderella's story. 6-15. That, yes. Numbers are hard. <laughs> it equals 21, so. It, it does. So looking at the finals, or the, the standings, Brave Nerds is two games ahead of everybody. And 13, 13 wins ahead of everybody as well. Unfortunately, due to the due to the performance by the Gong Rippers, they have dropped from second place to third place. The Shadow Ballers take the last spot for promotion. With there are six games, six battles won behind the Gong Rippers. 
Sea Kingpin and Fletch and Irelisari are tied for the same amount of points and the exact same amount of battle wins. That's a pretty impressive feat considering they just played. Switchmasters, uh, that would leave Switchmasters in the last promotion, in the last staying safe spot, but they have Utah Pokemon, the Utah Pokemon Rangers and the Dojo Comrades nipping at the heels of Switchmasters. Switchmasters is 21 points ahead of the Pokemon Rangers. So although I would say that they are they are pretty safe or they're looking pretty safe, anything can happen at that lower in that lower tier. Jet, your thoughts. I'm ready to talk about picks. Oh, okay. So I'll go right into the picks then. So I've gotten I've gotten over my initial shock. <laughs> so we have to we, we do have to dissect this matchup. Like there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We're gonna. It's is gonna happen. Question is, where do I start? I mean, you seem to like to start at Ember, so let's let's keep it rolling. I don't want to start an Ember any. Well, look, there's the Minim, and a Primate, and an Electivire. But wouldn't an Electivire be considered pretty meta at this point? It, it's kind of off and on, right? There's there's people that really love it and stand by it, and I think that they keep it and run it often, and then there's everybody else <laughs> that's fair in so those are that's the first off meta spots picked in the second one conky brings aruna regis for spice and derek the cleric looked like he really needed some heal spells uh unfortunately takes a one two loss against conky conky is a very very strong opponent i've only faced him once but I beat him the one time, but I'm 99.9% sure it was a fluke. It was it was enough to convince you. Yes. <laughs> they were they were playing nice. It was it was for the Nemesis Cup and he was the final it was me versus him and I go, there is no way that I am beating that I'm even gonna take a battle off this person. And then we took it to game three and it was a one HP and a dream moment and I said, This is the biggest battle that I have won in my Pokemon Go career for the time being, the first elite I took down, and I knew it was all luck. I mean, that's that's the beauty of Sylph right there, is you get to rub shoulders with people just by signing up for the same tournaments. Yeah, and now I get to go to play Pokemon events and rub shoulders with the literal best of the best, because they can travel. <laughs> and they will, apparently. Definitely. Alrighty, so going into the Vanguard slots, I'm gonna I have let to say, Jet... I, I like the I like the Shadow Polytoad, but <laughs> it got it got nowhere, I guess. It looks like it was only helpful against Regirock and Gliscor. Yeah. Which you know, if you're if you're going if you're doing well against two Pokemon, that's one thing, but that means that. In Gino's case, he can kind of pivot around that Politoed to get better matchups. Well, and I guess the Walrein is kind of an okay matchup, probably. That's if it's running Earthquake, right? Yeah. Okay. And then Dr. Banner brings a Roserade. It's a very spicy pick, and I love it because Bullet Seed and or Poison Jab is a great pick, along with that Weatherball Fire, Leaf Storm. Kanto Muck is kind of a crazy 
pick also. Just the fact that he has two poison types at all is impressive that they went out of their way to slot, especially in their... Uh, in the wild cards. In their wild card spots, yeah. Yeah, because it looks like on paper, the poison types look like they would have a very hard time against against this team of Dugong, Shadow Champ, Kaffa, Dinair, Pelipper, and Zapdos. But I know Muck has a little bit more play because it does have access to Thunder Punch. And the poison jabs are only resisted by the, the Kofa. The, the other aspect of this that I find interesting from the team building side is that to me the Agatha slot was kind of the one that had the least good options just to start with and so mm-hmm. the fact that they triple dipped there it's, it's like and, and they walked away with more wins than not is, is also pretty cool gotcha gotcha I see that so good on Dr. Banner for taking Roserade to heights I've never seen never seen before, honestly. It is also I think the first time I've seen the Regirock slotted in the actual Bruno slot instead of like over a fighter as opposed to using it in the wild card. Right. And it was it was definitely a choice, and it looks like it paid off. It paid some really good dividends. But all right, let's move on into the Master League slot. It looks like we have a battle of the Steel Megas in Mega Caesar versus Mega Agron. Always good. You like to you love to see uh, double Steel types fighting against each other. Oh, but we get to we get to re- hey, this was all about the foreshadowing. We get, we get to talk about Genesect again. Yay! <laughs> Cuz they've they've revealed that their Genesect was Childrive. Professor Professor Nostradamus over here is you're you're yeah, I I got, I'm coming up with new nicknames for you. I'll think of them later. <laughs> Legendary prophetic professor if you write oh and you're writing a book so i'm gonna use that as the holy text and we will start a religion around that book (laughs) oh good we'll have to we'll have to talk about i'll I'll have to slip some kind of taco dog reference in there i I will honestly buy the book and i will hold on to it just because it says that and i will like carry it with me at all times Uh, and i I don't want to move away from this too quickly but i i do just i just it did just also occur to me that as detrimental as it is to have the genesec drive revealed that also stays on your player card so any like even if you did change it down the line people will know the most likely culprit yeah after after, after you've already registered it before yeah that's kind of a not so fun time, but it it does happen. But you're, that that doesn't mean you're restricted to using Chill Drive. But you are right. <laughs> However, one Pokemon I do like to see, or we're seeing another of, another of. Uh, words are hard again. I'm talking about Verizion here, with the Sacred Sword Leaf Blade to handle Swampert, Gyarados. No wait, you can't handle Genesect. 
Well, maybe you can because it's a no. You get neutral. Take neutral damage because it's 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 bug steel and steel is weak to fighting, but bug resists fighting, so you take neutral to it. And vice versa. Also, it's one of those weird type matchups. Okay, so I'm not going crazy, but you also have Reshiram that can melt the Genesect and Mega Scizor. Yeah, that was that was definitely a capitalize on this person likes to use the bug steals. Skeptical Tracer really did their homework this time. And Mega Agron can resist Dragonite while hitting for super effective Dragon Tail damage. And Gyarados, because you can hit with that Meteor Beam and just ramp up the damage. And Mega Agron has access to Iron Head, right? I think, maybe. Yeah. Okay. So Mega Agron definitely looks like it was a Pokemon that put in a lot of work. And that freed up, that freed up basically everything else to handle Swampert. Or sorry, it's Heavy Slam. Okay, I was like, I know it's one of those steel moves. That's okay. There's a lot of Pokemon and a lot of moves to remember. I don't play in the Master League that often. <laughs> the yeah, the one other one that we haven't really talked about yet that I think is kind of a cool one. That this is, I mean, this is the first Master League. Uh, battle, I think, that we looked at this week that has popped up is the Xerneas. Yes, actually. And every time I see Xerneas, I think of our of our faction teammate who just one-shot at a Gyarados because the opponent did not know Xerneas learned knows Thunder. Yeah, it's, it's good to know what coverage moves are other options on your opponent's team. But, you know, it's it's one... or not going to say it's one and the same, but it does happen. I've been hit with a nuke before. Insert Mr. Dr. Pan's hitting me with a solar beam when I had a shield left and I called a bait. But I call, failed that call. It was three years ago, but it happened, so... There's also just certain fast moves that are very unassuming. In in this case, for Xerneas, it's the tackle, where it's like after that buff, you know, can actually throw moves, not super quickly. It's it's still just like a water gun clone, so it's mostly balanced. But yeah, between between damage and energy, I mean, that that is true. Uh, I'm also going to look up at the Ultra League slot because there is a Pokemon we have not seen in a very, very long time. The costume Mewtwo? Yeah, Armored Mewtwo. Which, you know, it's a Pokemon that not a lot of players have in this current day and age. I sound like a boomer saying that just now. But it is, it is a bulkier version of Mewtwo. It's got different moves than Mewtwo. Yeah, it's got different stats. <laughs> it's I don't know what Niantic was thinking unleashing this beast, but I'm so thankful I have four of these guys to trade. And that's honestly that. Armored Mewtwo is was definitely a force in the early seasons of GBL, especially in the Ultra League. Everyone was playing it, but now I hardly see it. I mean, it it has such a hard time into any of the ghost meta especially as soon as Giratina shows up it has it has no coverage for it really it's got rock slide and side strike but coming off less attack than it's 
normal counterpart. It's it's not getting the same mileage or the same threat from a neutral move. Right. And speaking of Garatina, there it is, lined up against it on the other team. But I mean, I guess you have Scrafty to kind of pair with it if you wanted to. This counter Scrafty would do well against Garatina Altered, Aurorus, Obam and Obama Snow with Armored Mewtwo kind of supplementing the Parisian and the the Shadow Kanto Ninetales with that Rock Slide you were talking about and Skarmory as well. It seems the, a yeah, little... For the most part, it's just good neutral damage. It can give you some breathing room with how bulky it is where you can even just throw a couple charge moves and by then you're up for another swap if you want. Yeah, it seems like a really good generalist, which is something you really like to see. And so that was the only really standout Pokemon I wanted to take a look at. Yeah. I just hadn't seen it in a while. And then Trainer Phone Number took a sweep with Sableye Lantern Primeape in an open Great League spot, which is a pretty interesting pick. Umbreon, I'm, I'm currently checking how many sweeps in a row that is for them. That's that's their third in a row. Oh my goodness. Because they, put, were, they were out for about five, but three, four, putting, and six. I was going to say, he's putting up Jack of Hearts level Jack of Hearts level performances like, my goodness. Didn't feel like losing the past few weeks. Yeah, no. I I can see why Zimmy had so much trouble against him. Shadow Polyrath is cool, though. Yeah, it is. Honest. I, I really enjoy it. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, you know, Primate looks like it put in a lot of work against the Trevenant, Frostlass, Snorlax, with just pure coverage moves. Right. Well, and this is one of those nice situations for Primate where you can run Fighting in Dark and not even have to run the Ice Punch. There's there's nothing here that you would need to run Ice Punch for. So you get full stab options with that Night Slash just for the ghosts. Right, and then that kind of opens up the rest of your team, like Umbreon to just tank damage, Sableye for that return, for that possible return nuke if you're looking at it, and then maybe even put Gliscar in for Lantern to try to land that Earthquake, you know? I will say from a team build perspective, it's it's interesting that there were both kind of triples, triple typings going on. I mean, Snorlax I think of as an honorary fighter just because of the superpower, but between the double fighter double ghost and then triple dark on the other side (laughs) how there were there were definitely some thematic elements happening here where it it can be pretty overwhelming in open great league just having coverage for everything and so when there's a bit more focus like I, i find that really telling about what was going through their heads just at the team building stage what they thought they needed to be prepared for. Right, and that's that's definitely one thing that I think trainer one two three just decided, you know, I feel like running triple dark this week. And so it was. Well and and Sableye is just in such a good spot here. Yeah, honestly. It shores up what what Primate may not be able to hit. And if you think, oh, I took the primate down, yay, I can let my ghost run free. <laughs> Here's Sableye. Yep. 
And even, yeah, even then between Drapion, like literally all three of the dark types, like the the ghosts were unhappy. And then both Primeape and Gliscor have dark coverage moves, so they <laughs> weren't super happy there either. Yeah, especially with them possibly getting a an attack boost. Very scary. Less scary on the fast move side from the Primeape, where the counters are still double resisted in the case of Trevenant, but yeah, Frostless, even the counter damage adds up pretty fast. Oh, yeah, 100% on that. So, once again, congratulations on Brave Nerds for another undefeated streak. Man, yeah, back whatever, whatever the total is now. Uh, 16. No, 15. Yeah, for, so we have the whole last cycle, and then we've, we've, we're six into this one. Checks yeah. out. 15. The Quick maths for a taco's part. Give me that A+. <laughs> However, in bout 7, Brave Nerds and Sea Kingpin are going up to fight. This is definitely a trap game, but I see Brave Nerds taking the win and pushing that total to 16. Fletch Cinderella Story is fighting Spice's rights. I see Fletch Cinderella Story continuing their momentum. However, Spice's right is going to be looking to rebound from a tough loss last week. Switchmasters is going to be looking to put Dojo Comrades on a losing streak. Gong Rippers are going to look to try to rebound against the Utah Pokemon Rangers. And Shadow Ballers and Seven Deadly Simps are going to be fighting for basically supremacy of who's going to get, who's going to basically play second fiddle to Brave Nerds. Once again, best of luck to all the teams in the current in the current tier and that's that's probably the maybe maybe my next top matchup is the shadow baller seven deadly sims because to me that's another one where it could go either way yeah and especially seven deadly sims have the undisputed coolest logo in bronze tier sorry brave nerds because we as we established a couple of episodes ago seven deadly sims and full metal alchemist logo combined very very nice i like it and the anime side of me is coming out i mean i feel like (laughs) i feel like pokemon is a gateway anime anyway right (laughs) yeah pokemon dragon ball the dragon ball franchise naruto one piece i feel like those those are the ones that come to mind like when i think of gateway anime i mean gundam has to be up there too right Oh, that I, I loved Gundam growing up as a kid. Oh, and uh, Zoids. Yeah, I remember watching it. I remember watching it on Toonami before it got moved to Adult Swim Toonami. My goodness, that was fun. Anyway, that is our wrap up and previews into the lower into the lower tiers into the the newer tiers. Once again, I wish all the trainers the best of luck. I hope you guys have amazing battles that are dispute-free. And Electric City, I'm totally pulling for you to beat Barktown Boomers. You guys are going to do awesome. I haven't forgotten. <laughs> I kind of I kind of just want to open that tab again to see if it's still there. <laughs> every every is, time I open the, the open tier, I'm just like, is it still actually happening? Are we, are we doing this? <laughs> Yep, we're doing this. I just refreshed it. We're 100% doing this. Alrighty. So, with all of that being said, we are going to take a quick commercial break. 
but don't go anywhere because we have we're going to talk about our thoughts on the very first self arena self arena monthly cup in the first wave or uh, the ember cup or the ember field as it's more commonly known as so we'll be right back after these messages <laughs> cup field field cup Welcome back from that quick commercial break. I hope you enjoyed it because I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> Certainty waivers. Always. Alrighty. So this podcast cannot be, what's the word I'm looking for? This podcast is supported by everybody. We have a wonderful, a wonderful audio composer goes by the name of Zame who allowed us to use his amazing music as the background of course our favorite is black thorn city because that is where we are based out of and so we'll play it basically we've played it every episode you can find him on twitter <laughs> almost every at, episode there was one where we did the hoen we did his hoen battle theme if i remember correctly did we new barktown once yes we did but anyway you can find him on youtube he is zame or the zame excuse me and you can find him on twitter at at Zame it. His YouTube and Twitter links will be located in the description at this epi- at, in the description of this episode. Excuse me. We also have a Patreon where you can support the show for as little as one dollar. Supporting the show on Patreon gets you access to secret parts of our Discord that we also do have. We'll plug that in a second. As well as the higher tiers will get you into the recording booth chat so you can recording booth chat so that that way you can fact check us while we're while we're trying to wrap our head around something and or get to know us a little bit better if however you do not wish to support us with monetary monetary compensation just give us a follow or a rating on your wherever you listen to podcasts say spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, etc and if your if your review is awesome which, of course, it's always going to be awesome. We will play it right here for everyone to listen to. So it's been a little bit of since we last did our community engagement. This week, or actually, I'll just fess up to it. I didn't have some really good questions to ask y'all. But seeing as that the self Vanilla Sylph has allowed in-person tournaments again, I kind of want to ask you guys... What is your motivation for going out to local tournaments? Is it the prizes they bring? Is it seeing some friends you haven't seen since last decade because the pandemic shut everything down? Is it kind of making yourself known going out and meeting new players? That's what I kind of want to know. So first I'm going to ask Jet. So Jet, what's your motivation for going to local tournaments? Well, the the in-person tournaments were the thing that really kind of got me back into the game and gave me the in-person community that I have where I mean going going to raids and raid hour and stuff is is fine but when you really want to do the battling like those are the people that you, you kind of want the feedback from and you want to talk shop with so it's like I had a really 
strong community for the first couple seasons where we had two tournament two in-person tournaments a month i mean when they were basically all in person the the big one was usually five rounds so i mean we had a good number of people and so it's just like i, I don't know how to make that happen again but obviously it's it's people like yourself the community leaders who say okay time to put the boots back on let's do this thing <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I mean, I've always been super appreciative of the the people who helped find us space, whether that was just over by a movie theater or at a local game shop or just wherever the, the meeting spot was that they've gone through the trouble of kind of, in some cases, literally wrangling the cats making them show up on ish, on time-ish and then right well see, seeing oh, them in sorry. the community as well just is, is that next layer of getting getting trades lined up etc right and honestly my so i liked how you had said like a community leader such as uh myself as, as a community leader i 100 percent i don't care if I win or lose because I'll take part of my own tournament. I've got extra referees that I train in case I'm needed. My my biggest thing is just kind of putting a, a smile on people's faces. Just saying like, hey, I've never been to one of these things. Can you show me the ropes? Like, what can I do? And I will say the biggest hurdle is just getting them signed up for like a self account to use. Which, which seems after, silly, like, in retrospect, but yeah, any <laughs> any of the interface is, like, the thing that people don't know about if they're brand new. Yeah, and like like you had said, like you said, it's kind of like wrangling cats. I feel that if you're, like, the, if the phrase I like to use is kiss, keep it simple, stupid, or keep it stupid, simple, where I say, look, guys, we're going to have a tournament. What is it? It's a Pokemon Go tournament. It's PvP. We're going to use specialized rules so you don't have to use the same GBL sets that you're tired of seeing every day. When is it? It's going to be on this day. And I'll announce it like weeks in advance. And excuse me, I'll announce it weeks in advance. And then while like as the date's coming up, I will kind of give little hints. And then the week of, that's all I will talk about. (laughs) Which I guess it can be a little annoying, but it's like, hey, no one will ever no one will ever forget the the date excuse me date and time and then i like a lot of people after they come to their first tournament they go wow this was a lot of fun i want to come to the next one like when is it and like when when trainers tell me that it kind of like i guess it kind of like fills me up with happiness and sunshine a little bit because it's like some people come up to me and they'll say you know i was really tired of playing this game i was tired of raiding but this is just this just breathes like a whole new like I have a new passion for this game. I want to be like uh, like what MC Mario said a couple of weeks ago. I want to be the very best, like no one ever was. Yeah, the the adrenaline junkie side of the game. <laughs> yeah, and it, it keeps like I I commend self I commend self for doing the heavy lifting and making monthly cups semi fun because I'll be honest, they're not always home runs but every more often than not they have some pretty enjoyable cups and as a player like now i'm going to not talk from a a player or from a a a tournament staff and kind of just talk about a player you know i've been to 
tournaments all over the state of Iowa, from all over the state of Iowa, even in Illinois a little bit. And the biggest thing I will say is definitely the tournament organizer sets the tone and the general mood of the tournament. Like, for me, if you have a tournament organizer that's just, like, there because they're there or no one else wants to do it and they're not, like, super enthusiastic about it, I'm not going to be very inclined to go back. It's just like, yeah, I won. Here's my prize. Bye. But it's like... There's also the the tournament organizers that are that kind of go say, "Hey guys, so we're gonna have raffles. We have some prizes to give out. We've got you know here's the venue. It's at a a bar, or like in our case, a video game a video game bar, or a library. Just like they were able to find something and make it work. Like they kind of went the extra mile, and that's kind of like my motivation to go. You you reminded me actually that my community had. They, were, they did uh, engraved trophies for the winners each month. So that was kind of like a, you come to the next one to pick up your trophy from last month. Oh, dang. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was fun on that level where, yeah, you get to learn about a new local business because, you know, that's, that's the space that we're using. And then also, yeah, the, the prize part is, is always nice, but hopefully it's, it's fun enough that you would go anyway. Right. And actually, when you mentioned that, we had our we had our very first in-person tournament this past weekend, and I had it was a new business that had just opened up, and they have a rule where it's a bar, of course, but they have a rule that if you're under 21, you're not allowed inside, except on Sundays. Well, I said, hey, so most of our group is younger than 21. Would you mind like like would you allow us to use your venue? And it's also a video game bar. And they're like, yeah, just, you know, just let us know. Shoot us an email, what you're working with, how many people are going to show up. Usually on Sundays, they're not the busiest. And I said, okay, well, just to let you know, sometimes there can be a lot of us. So I'll give you an, an estimate of how many people are going to show up. And they were super nice about it. They were very, like, they're like, oh, it, like, I, I'll be the first person to say, like, I've had people that's like, oh, wow, you play Pokemon Go? People still play that game? Or I'll just have people laugh in my face. And I'm like you know yeah we still play um unfortunately like i guess we you don't want to you don't want to work with us so that that's totally fine by me and then it's just like we'll try again but like the venue was like super nice and even like some there was a a dad that brought his kid and they were playing skee-ball while the dad was competing to win some pokemon cards for for his son which i thought was pretty i thought was pretty neat <laughs> that that's a dynamic duo right there <laughs> <laughs> And so that's kind of like, that's kind of like my reason for like still wanting to come out and play. And the prizes that we got, we had a Pokemon Go Dragonite V Star box, and then like a Pikachu V Star, a Pikachu V Max or V Star pack for like, uh, that the winner, like the top three, got to choose. But I might steal your your traveling tro- your trophy idea, if I can swing the. If I can swing the funds for it. <laughs> yeah, well, and it, it helps to know someone locally that does trophies, but I think ah. I, I think you, you've already well-established kind of your style of, of prizes and that people, people will appreciate or already do appreciate it. Yeah, thankfully I've gotten a lot of the local businesses to, like, some of the local game shops have, like, donated some stuff. And being a part of the community ambassador program from Niantic also helps out a little bit fabulous prizes 
<laughs> I'll dress up in my I'll dress up in my uh, in my the Price is Right gown and just like go ding prize. So are, are, wait, are you that, saying you're the prize? <laughs> what? No, <laughs> I'm gonna be gesturing like the Las Vegas showgirl. Go look prize. Oh okay, okay. I, I don't think my wife would appreciate me raffling myself <laughs> you, off as a you prize. Were, you weren't gesturing <laughs> at all of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no. Good. Uh, good. So. So that's going to kind of circle this whole conversation back to the question. If you compete in local sylph tournaments, what is your motivation for going out into your community? Please go ahead and give us an answer. You can tweet at us at, at our Twitter account. We are at Dragonair Den. You can reply on the Spotify section of the Q&A. You can even join our Discord, which the link will be in the description as well, and just give us an answer there. All answers will be read aloud, or all answers that are safe for work will be read aloud. <laughs> I had to add that little disclaimer. Yeah, asterisk. Some, some, little, some little cheeky guys like to like to mess with it. And if you don't have a local community scene for PvP, I would challenge you guys to start one. The resources are on sylph.gg. Gives you everything you need to use. And nine times out of ten, if you're not the local admin, if you get in touch with them, say, hey, this is what I want to do. And if they're cool, they're going to say, yeah, let's do it. And also hosting monthly self arena tournaments helps your community rank so you can get into the Niantic Community Ambassador Program a lot faster. That's what it says on the community page sheet. And I, I know it can feel intimidating at first, knowing that you need eight people to have a tournament. But it helps a lot just to have kind of your name on the map somewhere. Like that you're trying even is is going to get you people. Right. And, you know, back in season one, my home community was the hub for, for Pokemon Go PvP. You know, you were the one that traveled the furthest when you came to when you came from California in June. But before that, we had people coming from Illinois, Nebraska, and Wisconsin, or actually, yeah, up in Wisconsin, Dubuque area, to come down and battle, not just because for regionals, but because they were in the area, and they're like, oh, hey, I play Pokemon Go, let's, uh, let's see some of this stuff, like, pan out. And, like, they were super nice. Unfortunately, I've lost contact with a lot of them. I'm re-reaching out to see if they're interested in driving out just like hang out but i i have i have my i have some very high hopes uh i'm just going to like full-blown marketing mode on this one <laughs> well and and i guess that is the one other thing to talk about is the the drop-in just ability of in-person tournaments versus the online is when when you're traveling like it just come, becomes one more fun thing you can do if that's listed on the map that other otherwise wouldn't be an option right right and so, speaking of the the next monthly cup for Vanilla Sylph, our Discord server, Enter the Dragonair's Den, is going to be hosting the Nyad Cup. It'll be a 72-hour tournament starting on February the 8th. Get yourself signed up. Get you that 72-hour roll. All you have to do is read the rules, click accept, and you'll, be, and you'll have access to the rest of the Discord. Once you do that, we hope you sign up, put your team in, and may the best person win. Last month, Amazing Confused had a dominating 11 to 1 
11 to 1 game set and swept the Ember tournament. So he is now listed on our Hall of Champions page. So congrats to Amazing Confused once again. However, we do also have to talk about the retrospective of the Ember Cup. Did, did, did you want to do the salsa bar real quick before that? Oh, yeah. I did make a boo-boo at the, at the tournament. I forgot that on Sundays, the bar opens up at noon, and I set the tournament start date to noon. It was very cold on Sunday, and so the competitors unfortunately froze outside longer than expected. And, you know, now I changed it to, you know, we're going to start an hour later. Having played some outdoor venue tournaments, like, it it can definitely affect gameplay if you're too cold. 100%. Especially when it was the wind chill. With wind chill, it was, like, five degrees outside. Yeah. It was very rough. That is something I'm not familiar with, but... (laughs) I would not recommend, honestly. But now we're going to get, since... I mean, we didn't really do... I didn't do any GBL. I did, like, three sets the whole week. That's my GBL progress. That's still more than me. Like, I I had these plans to at least play some Electric Cup, and I was just like, nah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's okay. So... I had to to learn Vanguard this week. (laughs) So we're going to go ahead and clear the rest of the the part, and we're going to talk about our thoughts on the Ember Cup. So Jet, let's hear your thoughts first. Okay. Uh, well, one of the things that was sticking out, just having run four different Ember Cup teams, was that I really liked Primeape. And there were just kind of a few matchup particulars that were making me feel like I wanted to do a retrospective on Ember. Uh, one of them being the Pasuian Coolfish because they're, they're, you had mentioned before kind of the debate between using Poison Jab or Poison Sting, and I had one of my last opponents was running a Poison Sting, and I, I've been Poison Jab the whole time, where that just becomes such a safe mirror for me <laughs> as the Poison Jab version. And even just like a, a few minutes ago, we during the break, we're, we're talking about how Polyrath was a Pokemon that's like ranked in the 30s on the PB Poke page, but is number one usage, number one winningest Ember Pokemon, and <laughs> how it's how it's been a a meta that isn't what it looked like on paper. <laughs> like the 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 story of Ember is is slightly different compared to kind of the the pv poke promise i guess you could call it right and yeah like i under, totally understand about that because well to, to sound too completely frank like you had said i thought that this tournament was going to be a little bit more wide open but kind of looking at the way that it's kind of shaped out i do have some of the the stats for the 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 cup pulled up and a Pokemon like Poliwrath is ranked super low on PV Poke, but it's the most used Pokemon in the cup all matchups around. Almost half the teams that were registered brought Poliwrath in some form, which of way, followed by Charizard and Hisuian Quillfish. And that's, that is very central to the 
like to the to the cup itself. I'm honestly like I had these Pokemon on a team and I still didn't do so hot, which was a little sad. But like you had told me, it's just like knowing knowing the matchups, knowing when to pivot, and knowing how to play definitely helped out. Yeah, it's it's different from other metas because there's a lot of situations where yeah one pokemon beats another but the damage is specifically coming from charge moves in the case of polyrath beating charizard for example where yeah the the charizard is at a disadvantage just because the the blast burn doesn't insta kill it like it does with a lot of the picks but the mud shots aren't doing anything and i mean you you had you had your experience with the bubble polyrath but that's kind of the exception right where you can <laughs> get away with storing some energy on your Charizard just by virtue of the fact that you know the, the mud shots are not what you're worried about. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's kind of like, that's kind of like the whole thing, you know, storing energy, saving it. And one thing that I did not know about was the fact that it kind of felt when you were fighting whoever held on whoever had more discipline using their shields was going to be the person that ended up winning winning the whole victory or like taking the whole uh battle per se yeah it was it was super important this time to know how much damage charge moves actually did because there were there were a lot of situations where it was it was a matter of chip but how much chip could you get away with or or which moves were necessary to shield Hmm. right and that's kind of the i would say that's kind of like the whole i would not say crux of the argument but it's kind of just like why was this like why was this meta so centralized even though on paper it looks like it should be more spread out like i'm like there were some pokemon that i you know i built because i thought they were going to be really useful uh, I did build a Gligar, which did help me out a little bit. I I built a I finally built the Victini. I don't have an Ampharos still, which is kind of, it's kind of sad. But I had an Electivire lying around. I don't have Gliscor, but I do have a Surfetch. Um, and so that was go on. Uh, how many how many tournaments did you end up playing? I I only played in three. I played in the Thunderdome. That was a six rounder. I played in our home server, and then I played in the local one. Did you end up using the the same team, or did you change it up between them? I changed it up just a little bit. I threw an Electivire in at the first tournament. Then the second turn, I switched up to Zapdos. And then the third turn, I just ran the standard Charizard, Quillfish, Polyrath, Piloswine, Gligar, Zapdos. Did, did you have any favorite picks or kind of team breakers come out of your various matchups? I liked Zapdos. That was it. But <laughs> what, what did what everyone? Did, uh, I, what did Zapdos do that you liked? He had Drill Peck and just went ham when you gave it a small energy lead. And there was one like in the last turn, I brought Ancient Power instead of Thunderbolt, and that really helped put the char quell the Charizard a little bit because I think ener- Energy Power was a little bit cheaper to use than Thunderbolt. Yeah. And fishing for that boost chance when you when you got one boost on your Zapdos on Zapdos, it was very much it was very difficult to try and come back from that because Zapdos already has a very powerful 
very powerful attack and defense a little bit. It's lacking a little bit in the health department, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it definitely relied on its typing, and then just being able to take on both Polyrath and Charizard is, is I think, a, a selling point on its own. But then, yeah, between Ancient Power and Drill Pack, like, you, you can chip anything. Yeah, and that's definitely the... Like, that was definitely, like, my sleeper pick. I really enjoyed using Zapdos this time. Not only because it's my team bird, but it was it was a Pokemon I did not think was going to do as well as it did. What about opponent or, like, opposing Pokemon? Were there any that showed up that did surprising things? Honestly, I didn't really fight anything new aside from the Surfetched. Okay. But that was about it. I was going to say one of the things that came up pretty early for me was a Charm Raichu. And that thing was a little bit obnoxious. <laughs> uh, just because for a lot of the Pokemon, it could at least do solid chip and was a little hard to get rid of. It's like when you're when you're looking at the things that you think of to play into the electric type specifically, they are not as good if the main damage coming out of the electric type is fairy and fighting. Yeah. So that yeah, so that one stood out for me early. Um, there was a Moltres and a Malamar. Oh, and a Luxray actually was was one of the fun ones too. Just even just being Snarl and Psychic Fang for the most part, that that was that was enough. Like the the, the fact that Luxray could get away with basically being just kind of a Psychic Fang spammer in this meta was was kind of cool. Gotcha, gotcha. I did like the the output that Piloswine also used. I think my my biggest claim to fame on that one was when I was actually able to land an avalanche and I I knocked the Charizard out. Apparently, it didn't have the bulk. Yeah, and, and <laughs> that's that's one of those matchups that in the in the real game scenarios, like the the avalanche does a scary amount of damage, and if if you don't if you don't respect it like you you don't even really need the the stone edge to get the mileage out of the the pile of swine here yeah yeah i hear that um i think overall though the other pokemon i wanted to talk about was just gligar because that one was the one going in that was rated number 1 but it, it's it's still on a good number of teams i think largely due to team builder on pv poke and how much of a sim hero that it is where it really rounds out your team score and the the coverage that it presumably provides kind of in ideal scenarios but for me I, I found myself either not running it or just kind of having it as bench pressure or just by the end outright replacing it because it wasn't coming through on the PV poke promise yeah you you essentially you really had to had to land the return for to get your money's worth out of that Gligar. Yeah, and it, there were a few it, that I ran into that were running Aerial Ace even to at least have a different coverage option than Return. And I mean that was that was kind of neat tech compared to a Return. But I mean honestly, when when you look at what Night Slash is there to do, it's it's there to cover kind of those third tier picks in the grand scheme of the the cup right like night slash isn't doing 
super effective damage into any of those top four, and it's actually doing resisted damage to two. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a good bait move, but the, the consistency just isn't there. Yeah, I feel that. And that, that kind of then became my, my litmus test is like, okay, if, if you're going to be on the team, you need to be able to take on two of those top four or better. Right. Like, give, give me a reason to bring you to the battle. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And, you know, honestly, I'll be the first one that I won't be the first person to say this, but I'm really glad that, for, at least for Vanilla Sylph, Ember Cup is over and I can focus on the Nyad Cup. I'm very interested to see what kind of Pokemon will be brought to it. Yeah, well, and I hope you have TMs because Mew is... I mean, it, it's in a better spot, I think, for consistency than Gligar was, where it can just be a generalist, and and, and you're not relying on it for your bulk, which is which is the other story of Ember is that bulk became a relative term. There was there was really not any of anything that you would consider bulky, like unless you were one of the people that ran jump bluff or went kind of the the charger bug route i knew a few of those people or or tropius but again they they weren't holding up to that top four right well all right then so i yeah so that was kind of both of our retrospectives i know this segment or not this segment but this part of the episode took a little bit longer but that's okay because you know it's kind of something that we like to do and you know giving wrap-ups about the end of vanilla sylph is part of things that we like to do on this podcast so yeah well and and just like the whole kind of mindset of ember cup grew on me and playing that last tournament as a live tournament was enlightening for for kind of how i had grown to think about using certain pokemon in ember where if i knew my opponent had a polyrath somewhere and it was my job to find it so that my backline could do whatever they wanted like that was then something i was keeping in mind versus earlier on it was more standard matchup style ah i see it was like oh now (laughs) now that i know what everyone's job is the cup is over (laughs) right and so i'll definitely be having like a I'll, i'll actually be making a or putting some extra resources in the home community so if people need help team building they know how to do it and luckily it's been announced for a full month ahead and those resources exist yes that is the that is the great part so with that being said that this is a good stopping point for this episode want to thank everybody for tuning in week in and week out and you know this podcast would not be as successful for as successful as it would be if you guys uh, didn't really listen the whole time. <laughs> I, I really enjoy when somebody just randomly messages me or if I'm just like talking in Discord and someone's like, oh, hey, I, I recognize you. You are you have the podcast. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm the podcast guy now. Yeah, it's kind of it's fun to be a podcast person. Yeah, this is honestly, this is something I definitely did not see myself doing, but it seemed a lot of fun and you know, here we are, 16 episodes later. We've all kind of grown together. And even though even though there are some trainers out there that like to like to rub elbows and banter me, 
I, I appreciate them because I can dish it right back to them. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was gonna say that's all that's all positive. But yeah, so with that being said, we are gonna let you all know that you should always keep your dragon fangs sharp. Stay away from the ice path. Please stay safe out there if you are in the northern part of the U.S. getting hit with an Arctic blast right now. You know, I don't want anyone to freeze or get frostbite. But with that PSA out of the way, we will see you all in our next episode. That that final home stretch last three weeks. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs>